It's Friday, July 29th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 600 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 30 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. This is Julia. I'm Brodor. So, man, we got a kind of a downer to start the show on. I tell you, thinking back on the past few years, so we originally ran, the Kickstarter itself ran, it was either 2019. It was in 2019, yeah. and it was for the con we were running in 2020. Yeah, and so, of course, COVID first pops in China somewhere in late summer or fall, I don't remember, of 2019, and then hits big in the U.S. in real late winter of 2020. And so it's been about three years that all this has been going on, and man, three years a lot of bad things have happened. And I'm just being honest there. I mean, not that life's all doom and gloom and everything has sucked, but let's be honest. The past three years, at least within the people I have even peripheral contact with, the past three years have netted out more negative than positive. Unfortunately, we've got two of those things to pass along to you guys. One is a gentleman by the name of Ruben, who some of you may remember as Save versus DM. Uh, which actually, when I first saw it, I thought was a joke about Say versus Dungeon Master. Mm-hmm. It actually goes back to the old Say versus Death Magic from first and second edition D&D. He unfortunately passed away from cancer. And he was a really great member of this community, contributed to multiple projects we did. Regular Fear the Con attendee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did some graphics work and layout work for us. Did a bunch of work on Blood Moon Goblins, which was John's uh D&D supplement and was just a really stand-up guy in general and we came to learn that unfortunately just a short while ago he passed away from cancer and so all our love and best wishes to his family and to his closest friends and such who are of course going through a really difficult time right now and then the other one which sucks it's not nearly as bad as at least no one died I could tell you a list of other depressing news, but I'm trying to keep this shortened to things that you guys would be most interested in, is the show Gaming and BS, which was a good show. Unfortunately, after about six or seven years, they have reached a point where they are turning in the hat and are, at least for now, retiring the show. So Yeah, nothing horrible there. They just decided it was time to wrap it up and move along and focus on other things. It's not like... They had a disaster or anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks because it was a good part of the community. It was a good show. I'm sorry to hear they're stepping down. I'm sorry to hear they're not going to keep contributing what they did. But I am at least pleased nothing terrible happened there because, once again, I'm trying not to make this show super depressing. But if I was to tell you all the depressing news I knew about my own life or the lives of people around me lately, it would be like, a three hour episode and it would yeah not be any fun for anyone. So anyway, as for us for the boot, we don't know when to quit as Chad put it. We are not going to jump the shark. We are going to ride that bitch to glory. <laughs> and so that's where we are. Fear the boot is now over 16 years old and we're not quitting because we don't know when to quit. So anyway, all right, Rodor, you had something you wanted to talk about that is riffing off of our last episode where we talked about Leif's commentary 
and sort of went off that into a, if you had to pick between 51 49 there's two ideas the game master and players like both but the game master likes idea A more and the players like idea B more. But it's 100 to 99% sort of split who gets to win. And you said you had some kind of follow-up on this, and well, I haven't heard it, so I apologize so, in advance. No, for, it's okay. So <laughs> I think where... No, I wasn't apologizing to you. No, oh. <laughs> I was apologizing. <laughs> we're apologizing for you. Yeah, we're apologizing for you. Okay. So after much consideration and in, in reading through Leif's comments, etc., I thought a lot about it. Now, I don't want to revisit the whole vertical versus horizontal and yet in yada yada. The point that I really took away from it, and maybe I'm obsessing, was the level of contribution that comes from the players is equal to the contribution that comes from the game master in the game. And so this was, we recorded on Tuesday. I, I ran my game the Friday that week. And so what I did, recognizing the efforts that my players put forth and really appreciating them coming to the table and being at the game on time and being prepared, I took every ounce of preparation that all five of my players do. I added it together. I multiplied it by 10. And the damnedest thing happened. We didn't play. Like, nothing occurred. Like, there was there, nothing happened. Like, people just showed up, and they were surprised that I didn't do all the work. And so I asked them to do the game, and, 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 and they couldn't because they expected me to run the game. And so I, I just didn't... I didn't understand. I was like, guys, you have equal responsibility in this hobby to contribute and bring content to the table. And so I, as the game master, I don't do prep now. So I'm curious, <laughs> did they learn anything from this? No, because it didn't f***ing happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. And you know why it didn't happen? Because I wanted to run my game. I wanted a game to happen. Yeah. Right? However, I thought about this on the drive to visit my brother. Because <laughs> I was so... Worked up? Worked up. Yeah. yeah, not mad because, I, you know, having a different opinion me that I can live with that. But my whole life experience has been, even when I game with the best of groups, the labor, the work is on the game master. Mm -hmm. However, to talk out of the other side of my mouth, drove to my brother's over the weekend, some stuff happens. Uh, recently, a friend of mine, his wife passed away. It's just, it's, it's been really messed up for everybody lately. It's crazy. Anyway, so my friend's not going to run a game. My brother just got back from a trip in South Korea for his job, and he's not up for really running his game. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, here we go. I got eight index cards. I wrote down all the eight schools of magic, right? We folded them, put them in a hat. Everybody drew one. I'm like, grab your fifth edition player's handbook. Make a 13th level wizard. That's your focus. You're a red wizard from Thay. You're working as part of the Thayan enclave and embassy in the city of Waterdeep. Go. They're like, okay, cool. So everybody's sitting around. They're making their players. I move to a different table in my brother's basement because he's a baller and he's got this huge gaming basement with multiple tables and yada, yada. And I'm doing my game prep and they're doing their stuff. And because they knew, they knew this was impromptu, every person at the table brought their A game and 
had a great background for their character. They had wonderful proper nouns in their backgrounds. They had great names. And Dewey had a blast. We had an absolute blast. And and I really saw Leif's point in that even though I did the bulk of the driving the story and and hurting the proverbial cats in that situation, because they had no other choice for there to be a game, they had to contribute in a much more proactive level than they normally would if I had just shown up to run the game. There is definitely a difference, too, with the people you have around the table. Mm -hmm. There are some people where you sit there to go run the game and you're bringing everything. But there are other groups where you sit down and you've got people handing you fiction of their characters. You've got one person that's making all of the characters in The Sims. And you've got all of these really creative people doing artwork and things and bringing that to the table. And in those kind of games, when I'm running them, I don't feel like I'm doing a lot more than them. Because sometimes I'll come to the session and I have zero prep. And if I have a time period where a half hour is gone and I haven't said a word because they're role playing with each other, I consider that a win. No, that's a good game. No, I, I'm with you, Wayne. In any situation where I don't have to drive the table is ideal. I find it really cer- is. Certain systems are more heavy lifting for jams than others. There are some systems I can just sit down, run a game, have it all on the top of my head and not have to have done prep. I can just go with it. And there are other games where I need to spend days worth of prep before I can run a session in them. And I prefer the ones where I can just sit down and go. Mm-hmm. There are also GMless systems, and I have zero interest in that because that's not how I want to game. Those might be good for like a one shot, maybe, or like I want a story that I'm working through if I'm a player or if I'm a GM, I want to present a world. And the idea of not having a GM presenting a world, it isn't my style of game. Yeah, I I think, Brodor, you and I have both been jaded by long experiences with bad groups. I think my... Yeah, I've had some shitty groups. And I've had some bad... I mean, I have personally had bad behavior as a gamer and a game master. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is something that you and I both have encountered a lot of is very passive players. Where if we're not spoon-feeding it to them, there is no content. Apart from the barest minimum it takes to fill out their character sheet... And maybe a little bit more than that. Maybe. That's all we're getting out of them. And if anything else is going to exist in this vacuum of a universe, it has to come from us. And so I think we have a somewhat distorted view of this idea that we have to create 99% of what's there. And because we're doing 99% of the labor... It seems only fair that we deserve 99% of the consideration, which I think is a fair thing under those circumstances. But of course, not every group is like that. I've had some groups where the players are very proactive. I've also seen the reverse where the GM doesn't bring much to the table and the players end up doing all the work and the GM just throws out obstructions and obfuscations. As a player and in I those think type the, of games, I just want to strangle the GM. Yeah, and yeah. I've been in a, a few yeah. too many of those. Obstacles are not 
content. Yes, exactly. They are. They can be part of content, but the, an obstacle by itself is not content. Yeah, every door is locked is not content. That's just irritating. I, I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Every door is locked. Everyone. Every yeah. single one. Oh my god, they're all locked. Okay, yeah, and you're looking for an explanation that isn't there. It's only there to basically keep building road in front of you, and the road's not interesting. This is basically what they call a liminal space. You're forever neither entering nor exiting the same space. But my cellmate called my butt. <laughs> I mean, at least in like video games, they have like blocking the door. So you're like, okay, well, I can't go. Yeah, yeah. Door. You just understand you can't do it. Whereas here, you're supposed to do it. But that's the content. The content is just banal, menial no. obstacles of the doors locked. Okay, you get past the door. Well, now there's a security guard. We spend two hours getting past the security guard. Well, now there's a key card reader. You spend two hours getting past the key card reader. Playing entrapment or something? Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) it's just stupid. It's irritating. You finally get to the bad guy who's going to give you all the answers, and he's actually just being puppeted by somebody else who doesn't have any answers. Wizard of Oz. See? And I think even good groups fall into these patterns. Mm -hmm. When they're just feeling off, they don't get a game or they're having a bad week or they're highly distracted. And it takes a little bit of tooth pulling. Now, you guys have been great with the upcoming Apocryphosis actual play. But it did take me a little bit of tooth pulling to get some of that. Now, you guys all did follow through. I got it from everyone. What you guys have is great. I'm really looking forward to this game. This is not a bag on anyone. And heaven knows that we're all distracted. I've been distracted I called off a game or two for my own reasons. So this is not me blindsiding anyone at the table or anyone that game. But what I'm trying to say, though, is not all of these experiences. I think in Chad trying to understand me as the GM, one of the things he got wrong was assuming that this was always a way back when thing. It's like, no, I'm not a big enough dick to call people out. But some of this is a lot more recent Mm -hmm. where it may not be a pattern of behavior but at least the incidents of behavior are there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're maybe not every game's like that, but yeah, we just got out of a campaign that was exactly like this, where the GM was doing nothing and the players had to do all the work, or the players were doing nothing and the GM had to do all the work. Well, you hit on something big there too, pattern versus incident. Mm-hmm. So I am looking at myself as a player right now in a couple of games. So Chad's running a game right now that I'm in. And he's asked for like NPCs and things. In the past, I would give Chad a couple pages full of NPCs and histories and all of this. I am in such a bad place mentally right now that I've given him the bare minimum, if even that. Mm-hmm. When I'm at the table, I can get in the headspace and play. But when it's actually presenting this stuff, because he's the type of GM that wants all of that, I'm not doing a lot of the legwork I usually do. Mm-hmm. That is not my track record as a player. Well, and I actually stepped out of a game when I was pregnant because of that. Like, I knew I was not capable of contributing. Yeah. Because, I, like, I was, if, everybody, if anybody saw me while I was pregnant, I was freaking miserable. 
And so I had really bad headaches. I couldn't contribute to games. And I took a look at myself and I'm like, you know what? I got back out until this baby comes out of me because I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible player. <laughs> and I feel like um, Eliza still is a distraction. Like I find myself not able to contribute as much, but that's life. I mean, I'm raising a child, but I do when I'm there and I do as best I can otherwise. And most of the people I game with understand that, that like if you're getting chunks of content from me, it's because I, I probably put off something to do it because my time is just filled, whether it's with her or what other stuff. Yeah. I recorded you know, a whole and- game notes recently about just, the depression spiral and how it has impacted me when it comes to gaming. Mm -hmm. I've canceled games recently and I feel horrible to cancel a game, whether I'm a player or a GM, if I'm the one calling the game as canceled, it means it's got to be really bad because I feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I have now hurt the fun of everyone else that was in the game. I'm waiting for someone else to give me the out it's not that I'm not into it, but if I'm just not in that mental headspace, I'm waiting for that out. I'm yeah. ready to pounce on it because because the patients of it, you don't yeah. want to be the doctor that has to call TOD. Yeah, and that's. But by the same token, I don't want to run a bad game. I mean, recently there was a game. I don't. I don't want to get into a whole thing, but I wasn't up for running the game, and I ran it anyway. And I didn't think it was a great game. Now my players seem satisfied but i personally would have felt better if i just said you know what guys i, I can't do this tonight so yeah. you like fake orgasm to your game oh yeah yeah <laughs> Fair. I, yeah no as a dude i can say that i faked it because <laughs> i just need this to be over right <laughs> yeah. huh just Actually, gotta get that over with. Yeah, so I never have. I that, I've yeah. never fa- like if I'm at the table, you're gonna get all of me. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna sing the song for you. <laughs> but uh yeah, sometimes that prep work like we were talking about just life gets in my way, but everybody I game with knows it's like the intention is there. So it's not right. that like I don't want to pay attention, I really do. But stepping out from gaming completely when you're busy is even worse because then you're not getting yeah, that out that you need. I found what helps is just to be honest. Yeah. And what's weird is how hard that is to get out of people of just to say, look, I know I'm the game master. I'm going to be straight with you guys. I've had a crap week. I'm down emotionally. I am willing to attend the game tonight. But if you guys as the players don't create some action, there is going to be no right. game. We are just going to be sitting here staring at each other all night. And that's just how it is. And similarly, as a player, you know, I'll just be honest and say, look, your game idea sounds interesting, but I got to be honest, my life kind of sucks right now, this, this, and this. And my character is not going to be the most exciting character I've ever played. This is not going to be my A material. If you're okay with me playing a D plus of a character and just attending the game, and I'm not going to be a problem for you. I'm not going to torpedo the game or bitch about it, but I'm just not going to be contributing a lot until I pull out of this funk and, you know, let them make that call of, Hey, yeah, you're my friend. And so I want to see you there or no, I just don't think that's going to be real good for what we're trying to do here. And well, and some people might ask, well, if that's the case, why don't you step out of the game? And I'm going to be honest. Sometimes gaming is my one thing to look forward to in a week. That's what I said. If you're in that mindset, sometimes you just need that social interaction. You need to just sit there and start playing And then you'll get in the better mood. Exactly. I can tell you that gaming, and I've said this before, but I don't say it lightly. Dude, gaming has saved me more times than I could count. 
I mean, honestly, if my Savage Worlds game weren't, for the most part, going as well as it was right now, I, I don't know, man. Edge, it's been bleak. Now. If it was not for the games and the podcast, I would have been completely cut off during the entire pandemic. Mm-hmm. Never seen another person because they were the outlet. Whether it's an online talking to people regularly, it is a social thing that is part of my mental health right. at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't... And, and I guess... That's the thing I'm trying to do is uh, whatever my own personal journey of whatever in midlife crisis doesn't matter to the audience. The point is, is that (laughs) I'm trying to be more positive in my perspective about what is good about the experience. Right. And what is it that I actually enjoy about gaming and what is it that people are taking away? And even if I'm, not necessarily thinking that I'm bringing my best work. I cannot gauge the game simply based on my feelings about what did or did not occur. And I have to accept the fact that people show up and they show up on time and they show up week after week and they show up year after year. And just because they're not building golden idols to me doesn't mean that they're not having a good time. Well, I think if we boil this all the way down, there is a difficulty finding a singular solution to this. And I'm going to start off with a very, very simple and overused observation. I want to move to a somewhat more interesting one, at least I hope. So the simple one is that every situation is obviously unique. You know, what Leif talked about is something, I mean, it's advice that our show's espoused as well. It didn't in the particular episode he was responding to, but in general, our show has espoused as well. If everyone ought to carry their weight And in return, everyone ought to get their piece of the pie. They ought to be able to contribute creatively. And that should be equal responsibility and right. You know, it ought to be equal obligation and indulgence that we all get to build this world and play in the sandbox and have our ideas validated and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is that it doesn't work out that way. And it varies from one group to the next. And I think what all of us are trying to do is we are trying to apply our past experiences to solve what in philosophy is called the is-ought problem. For anyone who's not familiar with the basics of philosophy, and you can Google this one, it's pretty low-level philosophy, but the is-ought problem is something that every worldview has to, in one way or another, struggle with an answer. And it goes like this. We all feel intuitively that the world ought to be a certain way that people ought to behave a particular way, treat each other a particular way, that life ought to go a certain way, etc., etc. We have this innate sense of fairness and decency in whatever, assuming you're not a complete psychopath. But the struggle is that doesn't line up with what is. The world is not what we think it ought to be. And so how do you resolve that? And sometimes you resolve that by learning to passively accept things around you. Other times you respond to that by trying to either change your environment or at least change where you are in your environment. If you can't change the environmental factors, if it is 80 degrees and it ought to be 72 because that's more comfortable, you either drop the air conditioning down to 72 degrees or... Maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere else where it is cooler. I'm going to go down the street to a restaurant that has working air conditioning and not deal with this place anymore where it's too hot. 
you find some way of working that out. And we tend to do that based on our own preferences and our own experiences. And that's really what this whole thing is. It's an exercise in the is-ought problem. Game masters and players come to the table with a set of expectations for what they think ought to be. And some of that may overlap. There might be some agreement on what ought to occur at the table, but there's not going to be perfect agreement. And then based on whatever is actually going on at the table, well, people respond. So if the is of your table is the players are doing too much and the game master's not doing enough, or the game master's doing too much and the players are not doing enough, we tend to develop a worldview that is reactive to that. Because my players historically have been lazy bastards, you know, those little baby birds waiting for me to feed them the already digested worm, well, I'm just going to blanketly say they need to do more. They're the problem. Well, is that really universally true, or is that just my experience? And maybe my experience is more typical than not. Maybe the bell curve of groups out there is GMs are hard workers and players tend to be passive consumers. If you look at gaming humor, it seems to imply that's the general experience of gamers. But I know that's not 100% the case, even if it's 80%, 90% the case. It's not 100% the case. And so you get this clash between us reacting in frustration to what is versus us on our own show or Leif in the comments or other people in our community, many other people in our community, describing what ought to be and correctly describing what ought to be. You know, we talk about doing session zero and what's the game going to be? What's the world going to be? What are the characters going to be like? How do we know each other? How are we interacting? And where is this? What's the genesis, right? The origin of this narrative that we're building together. But something that I've never done as a game master sitting down with my players is, is say, what are your expectations of me as a game master? What is our division of labor? What are my expectations for you and yeah. your contributions as a player? Sure, I want some NPCs and some background and what have you, but I've never really had the communication or conversation, you know, polyamory community is all about communication. I feel like that as a gamer, maybe I should be more communicative about what I want from well, the players and what I expect and vice versa. Well, let me re-emerge the is ought problem here. And I'm not saying you shouldn't try. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. So please don't misunderstand. But in my experience, those conversations don't typically bring about the change you're hoping for. Mm -hmm. That what they do is you have the conversation and either A, nothing changes because maybe people aren't even on the same page. Maybe they don't see the problem. Maybe they can't even agree there is a problem. Or you end up with a situation where maybe people do respond and things get a little more healthy for a bit, but ultimately we all revert to our true nature. And so people settle back down right to where they were. This is one of the reasons why I, I think some of the best relationship advice, whether we're talking romances or friendships, I can give anyone is never get involved in a relationship with anyone if you cannot love and accept them where they're at. People ought to be improving. Life ought to be this continuous upward journey. But the reality is you don't know that people will change. And a lot of times they don't. 
And so if you can love them where they're at, love them. If you can't, then you need to move on. You know, don't ever be with someone for who you hope they might be. And I think gaming is the same way. And Broder, I think this is something you and I have in common, that we accept some dysfunction or have, at least in the past. No dysfunction at my table. I don't allow it. <laughs> but we have in the past tolerated a lot of dysfunction because in our mental calculus, in our little bit of personal game theory, it is better to have a dysfunctional game than no game at all. Amen. Yeah. And, Amen. I but mean, that doesn't bad stop head us. head is better than no head. But that doesn't stop <laughs> us from bitching about the fact that. That you're mad about it. That we're mad about it. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, a I human agree. being. I want to complain about stuff. It's in I my nature. It. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about philosophy and about the nature of what's out there versus what we think ought to be out there. You know, these ideals and this advice versus the difficult realities. And unfortunately, it goes all the way back to the start of the show with us mourning the fact that reality is not what we wish it was. And I, I think that in itself is kind of the content of this episode that I don't know there is advice except to say to understand the problem, to see the problem has a certain value because it just gives you valuable perspective in terms of the way you frame your life and, and approach the world. So I know it's kind of a weird episode, but goodness gracious, let's be honest, it's been a weird three years and maybe at some point we'll cut a negative episode and talk about in real honest, blatant terms what life has been like for us over the past three years. And what, I would love to talk about it. What's actually been going on that we, because we try not to dump on you guys on the mics and just get on here. And, but like, there's a reason our release schedule has been off and things have just been kind of funky, but I don't know. We're not going to do it here and now, but for now, all I can say is just take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones. And I hope you guys are having good games and at least getting some enjoyment and escape out of that other than that as always you guys have a great week and we will catch you next time this has been a production of fear the boot copyright 2022 listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com you can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com if you wish to support this show and its related endeavors you can do so at patreon.com slash fear the boot.